Hey everybody, this is Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church Adelaide and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you can have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our preaching team. Prophecy is simply put, sharing a message from God to you for another believer. It's pretty simple. Prophecy in tongues, like I said, isn't crazy. It's actually, when it's used properly, it's really encouraging and completely edifying. My first experience of prophecy, I was uh, in year seven and I was at an Easter camp where all amazing things happen, praise the Lord. Um, and I was there and, and our very own Bryant Jones came up to me. I know, legend that he is. And he said to me, Jen, he said, you have a, a gifting of leadership on your life. And if you allow him, God's going to use that throughout your life. And Brian, I'm not even sure if you knew that was a prophecy at the time or if you remember it. Um, <laughs> but God used that throughout my whole life to remind me what I am called to do. And he has actually grown me from an extremely extroverted person to a leader. Let me just tell you, those two things are not mutually exclusive. You, just because you're an extrovert doesn't make you a leader. So prophecy like the one that Brant gave me is edifying. It was so encouraging. Prophecy and tongues have been a part of my life for many years, but I wouldn't say that I, uh, I knew how to, or I understood it or, or knew how to use it for many years. There are so many questions around this topic, and I can't even begin to answer all of them tonight. So forgive me for that, and let me help uh, just go through a few of them. So the first one, can you explain more about what tongues and prophecy are? Yes, I can. But I'm actually not going to do that first off. I would like to talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to open up the scriptures and turn to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. It says... There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, and to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them as to each one just as he determines. Baptism of the Spirit is very controversial. Some people believe that you are baptized in the Spirit when you give your life to Jesus. And others believe that once you're saved, you pray for an anointing or a, or a baptism of the Spirit, and that's when, when the Spirit comes upon you. And there are actually good cases for both those things. But Acts 1.5 says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Spirit not many days from now. And that's, and that's um, Jesus speaking. In Scriptures, it talks about how when we are baptized with the Spirit, we receive the gifts of the Spirit in power. So perhaps another way of looking at it is that if you have the gifts, or whether or not you have the gifts, perhaps there needs to be a time where you actually pray and start using them. 
So whether you're given them when you give your life to Jesus or whether you're given them when you pray for the Holy Spirit to come, perhaps there is a season or a time in our life where we need to accept that and start to use it. I think many of us have had times that we've prayed for the Spirit to come and to speak and to move. And tonight I pray and I hope that that'll be something that we do here after the service. And I can't tell you why it doesn't happen for everybody and why it does happen for some people. But I do believe that 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that we receive it for the common good, not just for our own usage. Some people want the gifts of the Spirit because they want to seem powerful or perhaps uh, they want to have something that someone else doesn't. And the scriptures are pretty clear. It says God will give it to you as is needed. So whether you get the gifts of tongues or the gifts of prophecy or, an, or, the, or the gift of miracles, it is important for us to desire these things because it brings glory to God. That is why we speak in tongues. That is why we prophesy. That is why we ask for the baptism of the Spirit. And it moves us in a place in our relationship with God from a head thing to a heart thing, from a thought thing to a spirit thing. For me personally, I felt the Holy Spirit presence at the age of four. I was sitting in the front, front row like Tom here, and I was swinging my legs as a four-year-old, and I felt the presence wash over. He's trying to swing his legs, he can't because he's too tall. Um, and I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in that moment. But I didn't speak in tongues until I was almost 17. So I don't know that when when we're filled with the Spirit, but I do know that He gives us the gifts that we need at the time to bring Him glory. And you can be encouraged by that. But let me state here very clearly at the beginning of my message that people believe that you need the gift of tongues to be saved. I do not believe that is true. I believe that God uses many gifts he pours out his Holy Spirit and he uses many gifts upon us. And Paul talks about that pretty clearly in, in, um, in, in 1 Corinthians 14 that we heard before, where he talks about how desire the gifts of tongues, it's a great thing, but actually desire the gift of prophecy more because it will encourage and it will edify the church. And we'll go into that a little bit more. So I don't believe that's just one of the questions I think is asked a lot is, will I go to heaven if I don't speak in tongues? And, and I actually don't believe that to be true. But I do believe that there are gifts and I believe tongues is one of them and it's a beautiful thing. So I believe that we all should be, we should all desire to be filled with the Spirit, to live as holy, sold out lovers of Jesus Christ who change the world through the power of the Spirit. And that's why I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why we, we pray. That's one of the reasons we called ourselves Encounter Church, because we want everybody to have an encounter with God, because there is power in the Holy Spirit. So let me first start talking about tongues. Now, I've talked about baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about tongues. So what exactly is tongues? Well, tongues is actually two things, strangely enough. There are two different kinds of tongues, or I believe there are. Simply put, tongues, one of the ways of tongues is where you speak in another language. So Paul, in Acts uh, 2, we hear about the disciples. They were waiting on the Holy Spirit, and God, Jesus had said, oh, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and they were waiting for that. And all of a sudden, like the sounds of wind and, and what looked like a fire fell upon them, and they all started speaking in tongues. And I'll, I'll read it out to you quickly. It says, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these Galileans? Then how can each one of us hear us in their own native language? 
So we know from this that one of the versions of tongues that we have, and God gives to us sometimes, is the, is the ability to be able to speak in other languages. So as an example, um, if there was someone who came here who spoke, who came in who was Chinese, and I don't speak a word of Chinese, God could give me the gift of tongues to preach the gospel to them in that language. And I know you're all thinking that's crazy and that's something that doesn't happen today. Well, I was just talking to Tim Reed uh, a few months ago and he was sharing a story about that there was a guy overseas who was praying when he had an interpreter and he was praying for this guy and then all of a sudden they didn't need the interpreter anymore because this guy started praying in tongues over this guy and he was speaking in his native language. That wasn't long ago. That was, it was a recent story. I also believe that as well as speaking in another language, it's a prayer language as well. It's between you and God, and, and perhaps it's in the spiritual realm as well. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, which we just heard, said, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries in the Spirit. And Romans 8, 26 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes through us through wordless groans. This is the tongues that Paul was talking about when he was talking about interpreting in church. So he said in 1 Corinthians 14 that essentially tongues, it's not actually useful if I stand up here and I speak in tongues to you unless someone interprets. So if someone, if I, and I have actually seen the gift of tongues used really well in church or from on stage. Um, and one time... I actually have been blessed in that I have the gift of interpretation. And so um, I can hear someone speaking in tongues and a lot of the time can, and can, can translate it. Not all the time, but some of the time. Um, and one time, a pastor got up and he started speaking in tongues, which he didn't do almost ever. Like, it wasn't a normal thing, but he felt the Spirit leading him. And um, I sat there and I could hear it in English and I knew what he was saying. But I was so afraid because I was like, you don't want to get this wrong. I was, I was probably early 20s, mid-20s, something like that. And I was absolutely scared. So I sat there and I just said no. It's like, no, nah, not getting up, God. Not doing it. Not saying it. And honestly, I sat there. I was so stubborn. This is like what not to do. And another lady from church got up and, and, um, and said what the prophecy was. And it was exactly what I'd heard, uh, which was amazing. So it can be used really well on stage. And the, and the prophecy that, that she discerned was so encouraging. It was so encouraging. And there were people that were weeping because of the prophecy that was just spoken. And so tongues is another form of prophecy as well, which is really cool. And the, the gift of tongues, I feel, has a bad rap. It's, people come and they're like, I don't want the gift of tongues because it's weird. All right, But the gift of tongues is actually beautiful. The gift of tongues is an opportunity to connect with God on a whole nother level. So one of my greatest things I love to do is to sit in my room and just pray and let the Spirit take over. And you know what? It's not weird. It's, it's beautiful. It's encouraging. It's such a great time. Can I be honest? When someone says to me, uh, I've, you know, I've had a diagnosis of something that's untreatable, I did, the first thing I'm going to do is get on my knees and pray in tongues because I don't know what to pray. Sometimes my faith it doesn't even seem strong enough. So I get on my knees and I pray. And do you know what? It's an intimate and it's a beautiful time with God. It's not weird at all. But it's very clear in Romans, uh, in Corinthians, that it's meant for your prayer time with God unless it's interpreted. So essentially prophecy can be used from on stage and, and tongues can be, but only if it's interpreted. But it's very important to use it in, in your... Uh, um, in your quiet time with God. 
I love how intimate tongues can be. And there was actually a study done by Andrew Newberg of the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, and some of you might know of this study, where they took five African-American women, all of which who uh, prayed in tongues every day for the past five years, and they put a radioactive tracer in their brain that provided, in effect, a freeze frame of which, uh, the bra- which brain areas were most active while they were, um, and which had the most increased blood flow when they were praying in tongues. And so they asked them to worship, and so these ladies worshipped, and then they said, right, we want you to do it again, but this time we want you to pray in tongues. And what they found out was that people, but when they prayed in tongues, there was a... De- de- now, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry if I get any of these science words wrong, everybody. But there was actually... Um, Sorry, there was a decrease in the frontal lobe function. Newberg says, the part of the brain that normally makes them feel in control has been essentially shut down. Another notable change was increased activity in the periental region, that's real, the part of the brain that takes sensory information and tries to create a sense of self and how you relate to the rest of the world. Newberg says, the findings make sense, this is a scientist, the findings make sense because speaking in tongues involves relinquishing control while gaining a very intense experience of how the self relates to God. So essentially, when those women were praying in tongues, their brain wasn't make it up, making it up. They weren't creating anything. Actually, if anything, they, they shouldn't have been able to speak. If anything, they shouldn't have been able to verbalize anything. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. It's an amazing study, and I encourage you to go and look it up. It talks a little bit more, but I won't go through that because that would, you know, be here for 50 minutes. All right. But one of the things they did work out from that study is that it's actually, when we're speaking in tongues, it's not us that controls it. It's God. And that's one of the beautiful things about tongues. We can be given a word from God and be able to pray in the Spirit. And there are times where I, like I said before, I don't know what to pray. And so I use the gift of tongues to simply pray for in that. So one of the other questions is, how do I know if I have the gift of tongues? It's a great question. Well, like I said, I, didn't, I, I felt the Holy Spirit at the age of four, but I didn't pray in tongues till I was 17. Now, I was prayed for for the gift of tongues many years before 17, so probably at about... Oh, I want to say about 11 or 12, and I didn't get the gift of tongues, or perhaps I didn't know that I had it or start using it. And many years later, I was being prayed for, and, and someone, they came up to me and they prayed for me for the gift of tongues, and they looked at me and they said, start speaking out loud and see what comes out of your mouth. And I was like, that's insane. So I started speaking out loud and I started praying in tongues. So there was no, there was no um, honestly, I was not expecting it. I was a little bit dubious. I was kind of like, nah, that probably won't happen, but I'll just start speaking so that I can kind of prove you wrong kind of thing. But God loves to get the glory. He loves to move in those moments. So if you're doubtful today about the gift of tongues, God loves to move in that moment. When I'm praying in tongues, I'm actually, I feel really blessed in that moment. Like I said, it's a really intimate time. And I, I tend to use it, some, like I, I actually believe that from what I'm saying it needs to be interpreted, um, but it also needs to be interpreted if you're speaking to someone in tongues. So if I was to come up and pray for Jessica here um, and, and, I, and I started praying in tongues, um, especially if they weren't aware of the gift of tongues, I would interpret what I was praying for her 
because that's more helpful. Um, but there are times in uh, group prayer where it may just be a time that I am, am connecting with God and so in which I may pray in tongues in that situation, not necessarily interpret it. But anytime you're praying for somebody or you're speaking a word for somebody, if you speak it to them in tongues, it's likely they're not going to know what you mean. It's not going to be a great word. So I encourage you to... to um, Ask God to help you translate it if that's the case. If God gives you the gift and he needs them to hear what the, what the um, translation is, he will also give you that translation. There are plenty of times that some people say, oh, I've got the gift of discernment or I've got the gift of tongues. And, and I think that's great. But I also think God sometimes gives the gift of discernment to people when they need it. So you may not have it all the time, but I know of people that, um, that some, uh, have never interpreted anything. And then one day they were there and there was nobody else. So it was them. And so they did. They did, and, and God gave them to that at the time because God knows what you need. I would say to you, if you want to know if you have the gift of tongues, just start using it. Just start praying. Just start doing it. Because it's God that fills your mind, it's God that fills your tongue, and it's God that speaks out of you. When the Holy Spirit fills you, His presence really changes your life. That's why we're talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we're just talking about it in the gifts of tongues and prophecy, but there's plenty of other ways in which the Holy Spirit works. But that's where your life is transformed. There are people sitting here that are thinking, I want my life transformed. Well, can I tell you it starts with the presence of the Holy Spirit and the outworking of that. Most of the time, I intercede, and then sometimes I don't. But I always believe that God will speak when he needs to. I do think, though, that we have to be careful not to use it to show off. Just because I have the gift of tongues doesn't make me any better than anyone else in the room. And Paul writes about that, uh, in particularly in verse 14 that we just read, where he talks about the gift of tongues is wonderful and we should all want it. But actually, the gift of prophecy is even better. So we're going to switch to prophecy. What is prophecy? great question you didn't ask. In a great book that uh, we're reading at the moment is, is called Hearing God by Nathan Finocchio. He uses this description of prophecy, and it'll be up behind you. Prophecy is, or ought to be, doctrinally correct, lovingly spoken, uniquely appropriate, and encouragingly focused words that originate from the Holy Spirit that are spoken into the life of a believer by another believer and produce life-giving, Jesus-loving, biblical faith, and hope. Such a beautiful description of prophecy. I just wanted to share that with you. Nathan also says that prophecy can be roughly divided up into two, two ways, foretelling and forthtelling. Foretelling is probably more of a unique and, and exceptional, and it, it happens, but not everybody has this type of gift. Foretelling is when God gives you something to tell someone of something that will happen in the future. It might be part of a puzzle, not the whole thing. Sometimes I think God gives us things in a little bit of a puzzle so that we don't make it about ourselves, but we make it about Him. So we're not focused on trying to do it in our own timing, but we're focused on trying to do it in here. It's almost if he gave it all to us, he'd be like, you won't rely on me. You're just trying to do that in your own strength. So I just think that's partly why he does it. Fourth telling, though, reminds us what Jesus has already done for us and the hope that we can have for tomorrow. It reminds us that Jesus is God and we are not. Prophecy is all about pointing to Jesus and encouraging people in Jesus. 
I, a few months ago, uh, or maybe probably about a month ago, actually, I, a friend of mine asked me to pray for her church. And so um, we, a few of us were praying for her church. And, and I got this image of a bubble over their church. And I just felt like God was saying that he was protecting them from the enemy, from the works of the enemy. And I thought it was a bit weird, but I was like, that's okay. Um, so I waited a couple of days to check it was from God. And then I sent it to her. I sent it in a message. And I got a message back, like, probably 10 minutes later, just saying, oh, my gosh. She's like, on Sunday night, I was praying, and I got a picture of a bubble. And she's like, I am a new mum. I am sleep-deprived. I feel like I'm going insane. So I said to God, if this is from you, then you need to show me, and you need to tell me what it means. It was such a good, such a, such a good time. Prophecy is encouraging. And when you get that and you're able to confirm that actually, yes, what I am hearing is from God, it's also encouraging for other people as well, not just the person that's giving it or the person that's receiving it. I have like, there are actually many people in this room that have the gift of prophecy that I know of, probably some that I don't. But I would say that I've learned how to hear God and how to use it over time, right? It hasn't been something that I, I got the gift of prophecy and then I was like, yeah, I know exactly when it's God and when it's me. But that's taken time and that's taken practice. I, when I um, first started receiving words and, and visions in particular, I used to have a wonderful senior pastor who would let me just offload to him and say, I feel like God might be saying this. And he would, you know, either encourage me in it or whatever. And then sometimes he would just say, let's sleep on that. Which I learned very quickly that that meant that's probably not from God. We'll just sleep on that one. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you, Andy Hogarth. But he used to always say as well, and I'll give him credit for this, he used to always say, give it a go. Give it a go. Give prophecy a go. Listen, if you feel like you are hearing something from God and it's encouraging, share it. If it's not from God, the worst you've done is encourage somebody. Now, if he gives you a word that someone's house is going to burn down tomorrow or something like that, perhaps just run it past somebody else if you're not sure before you share that. But if it's encouraging, share it. God needs to use it. He wants to use you. The truth is, tongues and prophecy are subject to the receiver, not just the giver. We have the choice if we use the gift of tongues. We have the choice if we share that message from God to someone else. But if you wait, you will miss out on that opportunity. And I believe that if God gives you a word, then you're the one that's meant to share it. He won't always give it to Mike and I or to the elders. Sometimes he'll say, I want you to cross the room. And if he gives you that word, he wants you to share it. How do we know if it's false prophecy, right? It's a good question. Some people say, let what you feel lead you. I say, what I feel must come in line with the scriptures. False prophecy is when someone tells you something that is not in line with the scriptures. Jesus and God, they, it's very clear in the scriptures that we're not to add anything to what the scriptures say, and we're not to change what the scripture says. And when I prophesy, I always say, I think God is saying this, or I feel God might be saying this. Because the reason I do that is it's actually our job as well as believers to discern that. So uh, I may be wrong but I'm just stepping out in faith and sharing what I believe God is calling me to do. 
when, if you get something and you're not sure about it, find somebody that you trust and share it, share it with them. Share, ask them, do you think this is from God? Because you know what? Some of the times we think that, oh, no, that's not me. That's not me. But if someone else comes into your life, they can usually say, oh, it kind of is you a little bit. And you're like, oh, okay. So ask somebody. And sometimes you need to put it away as well. There's been things that have been prophesied over my life um, that I have thought, oh, I don't know about that one. I'll just sit with it. And I've just put it there, and, and God's brought it back up 10 years later, and, and it's really fit in. And it's been able to actually, I guess, encourage me on my walk. So just there's two things like that. And sometimes, you know what? You hear something, you think, I actually don't feel like that's from God. That's okay. If you take it to God and you discern that, or people around you discern that, that's okay. We are human. And we make mistakes. But I would rather you give it a go and, and listen to God and be obedient to what he's calling you to do. Because we all make mistakes. But you know what? God is much bigger than your mistake in prophecy. All right? But anytime I hear someone stating the future and saying, God said this will happen, I take a good chunk of time to discern that that's actually from God. So I encourage you to do that. We used to have a wristband in the, um, in the 90s called WWJD. I think, are they still around? They saw it. There's probably an eBay site where you can buy like a thousand of them for like 10 bucks. That would be amazing. I'm going to do that one day. Um, yeah, I'll just chuck them out at you. I'm going to find a sermon where that fits in somewhere. Um, but I love that, just that saying, what would Jesus do? Go to the scriptures. What does the scriptures say? What would Jesus do in this situation? Does it align with what the scriptures say? Because that's your first point. I'd actually be less worried about false prophets and more worried about knowing the scriptures so you can know when God says something or not. Yes. Spend your energy and your time on that rather than Googling it. Don't Google it. Prophecy should be something that we're all desiring for. Hearing the voice of God for each other is part of the body of Christ coming together. You know, they, the, the scriptures talk about how if you're a leg, don't try and be an arm. If you're a head, don't try and be a foot. You know, but we need the whole body of Christ working together. And so if God gives you a word, we need you to share that. One of the questions I got this week um, that I thought was important to address is, what if I don't have these gifts? Firstly, let me tell you that John Piper, a very well-known theologian, extremely smart man, doesn't have the gift of tongues. But he does have the gift of teaching, and he does have the gift of preaching, and many other things. And he himself says he wonders if he was given the gift of tongues, if he would simply be too prideful, or perhaps he wouldn't use the gifts that he's actually got and called to use in the way that God's called him to use it. Now, he's not slowing down in his calling just because he doesn't have that spiritual gift that he might want. Now, if he needs it, if he needs to use it, God will give it to him as well. It says in 1 Corinthians 12 that we read before that God give gifts, gives great gifts to everyone. So saying that you don't have any gift is actually probably not true. I would say that you probably haven't recognized it or you probably haven't started using it. But if the scripture says that God gives gifts to everyone, then he gives gifts to everyone. It's pretty clear. But maybe you're like me and you haven't used it. Or perhaps you need to be filled with the Spirit. Perhaps what I talked about first in the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that, that you've never asked for, you've never experienced. Paul talks about when he, uh, that, how he has the gift of tongues. But he also, also talks about how we should desire the gifts of prophecy more. 
Many of us need the power of the Holy Spirit. You might feel like something in your life is missing. Now, can I tell you, if you know Jesus, there's actually nothing in your life missing. But we might feel like we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus knew the importance of that. Because he said, when he, I'm leaving and I'm going to send you someone that will be there in my place. So Jesus knew the power of the Holy Spirit. He knew that we needed that to live a life where his name is glorified, especially in 2019 where it's getting harder and harder to be a Christian. We need the Holy Spirit's presence to get us there. Prophecy in tongues, like I said, shouldn't be scary. And it's something that you can all ask for. My advice is, if you want the gift of tongues, simply ask for it. Get someone to pray for you. And then start praying out loud. Expect that God will give you the gift. If he doesn't, don't stop praying for it. But also ask God, what are you saying to me? Perhaps God in that moment wants you actually to share a word with somebody else. Perhaps he wants you to go and pray for someone for healing. Perhaps he wants you to minister to someone who's really broken right now. Maybe he wants you to sit with them, pray with them. There are many gifts of the Spirit, and he gives as it's needed. When the Spirit fills you, many people may feel a sense of joy and peace. But I do think it's more than that. When you're given the gifts in that moment, you're actually to use it for his glory. It's not just a feeling that we hold in here. One of the things that I like to do on the line of prophecy is that I have five things that I actually do before I uh, pray for anyone, before I ask God to speak to me. Now, if I'm at my home and I'm just praying for something, I might take a bit more time in this. Sometimes when I'm praying for someone down the front, I'll, I'll jot through these, these five things really quickly. But I just encourage you to take a photo or um, jot down these notes because I find this really helpful. It just helps clear our mind. It helps us really focus on what God is God wanting to say to us. So number one, I spend a moment praising God for who he is. I thank him that he is the Alpha and the Omega, that he is the beginning and the end, that there is no one greater than him, that Jesus came and died on the cross so that I could live a free life. And I just simply take a moment to praise him. And that what that does is it recenters on the fact that it's actually not about me, it's about God. I don't ever want what I say to come from me. I want it to come from God. So I spend a moment doing that. And then number two, I ask God to forgive me and wash me white as snow. And that's just a line that I have from when I was, I think I wrote this at 14. And I know that God has forgiven me already, but I want to step into that, into the spirit of repentance. I want to come to God knowing that I have put all that aside and I'm choosing to pick up his forgiveness right in that moment. And then number three, I ask God to take away my own thoughts and distractions. Who knows that most of the time we just get stuck in our own head? And so I actually rebuke those thoughts in the name of Jesus. And I come to that. And then number four, I then rebuke the thoughts of, that Satan's trying to put in to distract me. Because can I tell you, if you're wanting to press into the Holy Spirit, if you're wanting to move in the gifts of the Spirit, Satan really, 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 really doesn't want you to do that. So I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And then I invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to me. What it does is it just helps me focus on God. It clears my mind. It helps me distract. Now, it's not a foolproof plan or, or anything like that. But it definitely helps it become less about me and more about God. You can find your own way 
in which to do that. But this is just, if you want to copy mine, go for it. Then I wait. Sometimes I run through number three and four again. If I find myself getting distracted, we all know that happens. But after many years of practice, when I get a word from God, I just share it. And when I first started, I used to ask God to show it to me again. So I would, I would get an image or something like that, and I'd be like, God, just show me again, just in case I'm wrong. Just show me again. He must have got so sick of me as a teenager. <laughs> but I, I then need to just trust God. Trust that God is bigger than my mistakes, that God is big enough to speak words that I can speak to others. Scriptures say that we are not promised tomorrow. So let's not waste today. If I'm really honest, I don't actually remember a lot of the prophecies. I was trying to think of prophecies to to share with you and, and I don't actually remember a lot of them. But I think that's partly so that I don't start to think it's about me or anything like that. But I do remember the feeling of what it's like when you share God's Word and how it touches a person. When God speaks to someone, it touches them right where they're at in that moment. And many times it even brings grown men to tears. When God speaks to you, it's a beautiful and wonderful and encouraging and uplifting thing. So do not despise these gifts or not ask for them. Your life will be so much more full if you let God use you how He wants to use you. Before we take some time to worship and to pray, can I encourage you? It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian for. God still wants to use you. God can give you a word for someone else or He can fill you with the Spirit. He can cause you to speak in tongues. When we speak in tongues or we prophesy, we build up the body of Christ. And in 2019, we need the body of Christ to be built up, to step up and to press into God. Our world needs you to step up and to press in to the presence of God. But I just really encourage you, don't despise the gifts of the Spirit. Lean into them. Allow the Holy Spirit to use you because it will open up your whole life. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. For more information and resources, please check out our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your podcast provider. Have an amazing day. God bless.